What's up, everybody? It's Art. Welcome back to Connecting Cannabis. We're here today with Jonathan Chia. How are you doing, man? Doing great, brother. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Why don't you just go ahead, you know, give us the intro, tell us who you are, what you do, what brought you here today. Yeah, my name is Jonathan Chia. I'm a former Army combat vet. Uh, been in LA for about 10 years, uh, but it started out as a director and a photographer. Then that led into a lot of marketing situations. Uh, so about three years ago, I started my own creative agency and production company, and we do tons of tech development uh, that my partners were already into before we became partners. Uh, and a core part of our business is the cannabis industry. Very cool. So you're, you're an army veteran turned entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little bit about how the life was like as, you know, as a veteran or when you're in, in the military and then out? Um, in the military, you basically didn't have a life. You know, it was dedicated directly to the military. Uh, I was an infantry guy, so most of that time was dedicated training uh, to go to war. Um, so I spent 15 months in Iraq, went into Baghdad with the surge uh, for 15 months. Uh, when I got back from that, uh, I was on the all-army team, uh, basically MMA for the military, uh, trained with that team for a year, uh, then got out directly after that uh, and sort of uh, changed my life very drastically, moved to California with, you know, 40 bucks in my pocket, sold all the furniture that I bought with, with my money that I saved up for my rack. Uh, and sort of started over and used my GI Bill to go to the Art Institute of California uh, and uh, in Orange County actually. Uh, then uh, went to, for digital photography and that was about the same time that DSLR cameras were getting big, the Mark II came out uh, and that led quickly into directing. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, off camera we were talking a little bit, you were telling me about uh, your experience with uh, you know, some buddies that you had or people that have come out of armed forces. And the reality of the situation is that people are, you know, these men and women, they're serving for their country, they're coming back home, and they have all these problems. You know, PTSD, they have pain from, you know, getting injured or even worse, right? Yeah. And so what are kind of some of the current options that these people have that are legal and like traditional options? Um, legal options for soldiers dealing with PTSD is you go to the VA and they give you anything from starting off with non-narcotic stuff like Paxil, Zoloft, uh, to narc, straight narcotics uh, like Xanax and Oxycontin. And I was one of the soldiers and, and really in the military, you know, cannabis is demonized. Anything that has to do with it. Uh, uh, there was a, you know, you couldn't smoke cannabis, but there was definitely a 7-Eleven style no taxes liquor store eight of them on every single post and that would cause you know you know all the things that stem from alcohol duis beating your wife you know just doing insane shit. especially when you're training to go to war you're sort of hyper focused and hyper aware of everything so when you drink and you black out you could you know act on some of these you know some of these things i see everything from fights to you know people beating their wives and sorry to say that that's the kind of stuff that happens when you get blacked out drunk you know, and you're uh, very hyper focused in your job and your, you know, your testosterone is through the roof, you know. So I chose to use cannabis all throughout instead of taking the traditional things that the uh, that the VA or the army would give you. And so uh, those traditional medicines that these people are taking, what are some of the downsides to taking to going that route that you've seen? Um, well, both of my best friends from Iraq when we got back you know, they went to the VA and they gave them a pocket full of Xanax and I don't even know why they were giving them um, Oxycontin. Um, so generally when you get addicted to Oxycontin, which is a pharmaceutical form of heroin, uh, when you get out of the military or when that money runs out, the supply runs out, you turn to heroin. And so both of my best friends died with a needle in their arm probably one year after getting back from Iraq, you know? 
Um, and there was me who was, that was legal. You know, you can run around base with a, your, your, you know, a pill, a pocket full of pills and you would hear them. You would hear people like, cause you had cargo pockets. You would hear people sort of like swishing down the hallways with a pocket full of pills. Then there was me that I, you know, chose to use cannabis every night when I got home. But I had to drink a gallon of water every single night before I went to sleep and drink another gallon before I got to work because I was piss tested every single week. And because so, it was so that, it's okay for that her- much demonized, you know? So it's okay for legal medications like Zoloft, et cetera, to show up in your urine test. It's not okay for cannabis to show up in your urine test. Oh, no. Is that demonized? Straight, you'll get straight kicked out of the military. Okay. And so, so your stance is you truly believe cannabis and CBD in general can help people in and outside of the military when they come back home, correct? 100% absolutely. Not saying that people need to be smoking every single day when they're you know when they're you know say an infantry guy like i was and you're super hyper focused on things you know and you're shooting weapons and bullets right next to your you know your battle buddy's face um but definitely when you're on the uh, recovery side when you're at home and in the comfort of your own home i definitely think that you know cannabis use or cbd you know cbd use even from hemp you know hemp derived stuff uh is a lot better answer than taking pharmaceutical drugs it seems like there's a ton of like legal hurdles in the way until we get there though, right? So like what, what are some of the horror stories that you heard from the legal point of view of uh, you know, people opting to use cannabis or CBD as opposed to these legal prescription medications? Some of the things that I've seen happen is people uh, have came back uh, from the military and just like me, like I think a couple years into LA, I was like, oh, I, want, I, want my, I want to do it legally. Yeah. So I want to get my medical cannabis card. And you're sort of told that those files sort of stay with that doctor, but Apparently, that is sort of a national database that, you know, the government has access to. And a lot of soldiers that I know have gotten their, basically their, their, you know, their right to use a VA hospital, their, 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 uh, the, all the stuff that they, they worked hard for in Iraq, uh, like the GI Bill, uh, and their college, their kids can go to college. They've gotten those things taken away from them. And so we're working with uh, the guys over at Brothers Mark and a lot of other big companies uh, to uh, help with that situation. So these veterans are dealing with a ton of legal hurdles just because of simple cannabis use, right? Regardless of the fact that it's literally legal in California and a ton of other states, uh, even CBD, right? CBD from hemp derived is basically legal in like 48 states, but still they have these these laws. And uh, just because of cannabis is where it's at, it's being put on a little bit more of a pedestal, I feel like, uh, because a lot of those things were already been in motion for a long time to get to the legal, you know, uh, you know, farm to table uh, sort of the cannabis system. And so hemp will be in that same system. So companies like ours, Queen City Hemp, uh, you know, have taken all those the correct legal procedures, you know, third-party lab testing, all the results posted on our website. We've been, you know, and not making any medical claims. We've been sort of abreast of that and make sure we're doing all the right things to, to go into that same market that where cannabis was five years ago. So what could, what could be done to like pave the path for these veterans to kind of get past these legal hurdles, to get past, you know, people getting their benefits taken away just from simple cannabis use instead of wanting to use prescription pain medication? Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just the people that can actually make the changes up top, hearing testimonials and hearing these real people's stories, you know, and getting to put a face with some of these names of, you know, that are just people's names that got their rights taken away from them and, you know, their, their life is in shambles uh, because they use cannabis. It's about like changing the stigma, right? So your lobbying efforts right now with these several companies, is that's, that's kind of like the main goal put the people with the actual stories in front of the people that can make the decisions to change the laws. I work with a lot of CBD 
from hemp and also cannabis brands. And a lot of them do case studies and a lot of studies that say 60% of their customers are veterans. Uh, so it behooves them to, uh, to push those laws and issues that have to deal with veterans and cannabis use or hemp. So staying on the topic of Queen City Hemp and CBD in general, like the, the industry and the market in general, can you give us a brief overview of the legal standing of CBD today? Yeah, so on, on one side of CBD, you have THC-derived CBD. Then on the other side, you have hemp-based uh, CBD. So right now, in stores, you can't sell THC-based CBD. It can only be sold in the traditional cannabis markets, uh, the seed to sale system, uh, in dispensaries. So you have to walk into a dispensary to get CBD based, uh, or cannabis based CBD. Even if it's just CBD, like less than 3% THC, if it originated from cannabis instead of hemp, yep. it's illegal. Yep. Okay. And how to sell in traditional stores, you know? Yeah. And how does, how does that make sense? Like what's the logic behind that? Um, it's, that's when the cannabis seed to sale system came out so they can track all the sales and all the, all those sales are obviously third-party lab tested where uh, that all those testing agencies are, are under compliance of the, you know, uh, the cannabis system. But ultimately we're talking about like the same compound, right? It's the CBD here is CBD there. It's the same exact thing. Yes. Almost. Yes. Okay. And what's, what's kind of the difference there? Um, the difference is, uh, the cannabis derived, uh, is not being used for the full biomass is not being used and the full plant, uh, the hemp base, the full plant and the full biomass is being used. So uh, the farm bill made CBD legal in all 50 states in December? Uh, yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're kind of dreaming of that federal legalization on the cannabis end of things, right? Um, but are there still any legal hurdles in the way uh, after CBD got federally legalized or is everything in the, in the clear now and everything's good to go? No, it's still tricky, especially when you're selling direct to consumer online. Uh, you have to find the correct payment processor, you know, that works for you. And there, uh, there's banks in the industry that, that work with some, CBD? There, yeah, there's some banks in the industry. Uh, there's some payment processors out there and every day they're working towards, you know, a lot of companies are working towards better solutions. Uh, but I would definitely say like, do deep research with a company that you can work with for, for a very long time and make money with as, as this industry, you know, does a 20X. What other legal hurdles are in the way with CBD? Um, like I said, each state, they're governing themselves. Uh, so some distributors you work with might not go over state lines, you know, so that might mean you can't get a distributor in sort of a regional, regional area, uh, where normally in traditional, uh, beverage sales, that's how you would operate. Yeah. I'm just looking at it from like the cannabis industry point of view. Right. And if, you know, we're always like, man, federal legalization, that's going to solve all of our problems and it'll be great. But then just looking at. Okay, CB happened with CBD, but there's still all these things that you guys have to deal with. What do you think? Like, how? What's the solution, right? Like, what's what's the answer to that problem? I mean, with things becoming federal, federally legal, uh, that always leaves the government in a lot of control at that time, and the government isn't exactly the you know the greatest functioning uh, you know governing body ever. Uh, so there's always going to be uh, learning curves and issues uh, when it does go federally legal. Uh, but for the companies that are trying to really thrive and really trying to build like a big brand, you know, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that some of these brands are going to be making up into the billions of dollars. Uh, we want to work under the, you know, whatever compliance we have to do federally to make our brands thrive. And so where do you see the CBD industry going in the next five to 10 years? 
I think they're underestimating the CBD market. Uh, there's a lot of brands in the market right now, so we're just waiting till you know, a lot of these brands that are in food additives, uh, it's less of a gray area uh, and we can start thriving, you know, a lot more and in, in going into more retail stores. So we've got the freedom jerky on one hand and proceeds from this go to help veterans. Uh, another company in their arsenal is Queen City Hemp, which is a CBD company. So we have CBD tincture over here, 750 milligrams peppermint flavor. We have CBD seltzer over here, which is super interesting, super unique. It's the first time I've seen a, a seltzer being done with CBD. And so, you know, on one hand, this could help veterans as well uh, that don't want to go the, the canvas route and, you know, want to try something that's non-psychoactive, right? And so why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit about Queen City Hemp and the background about this company. It was the first ever CBD brand in Ohio. And as far as I know, it was, it's the original and first ever CBD seltzer water brand in the world. Um, uh, since then, we came on about a year ago. Uh, and you know, work side by side with them on a daily basis, uh, as you know, everything from social to uh, events, uh, and really growing the brand with them. We're really excited about you know what's going to happen in the next two years. Uh, you know, a lot of the bigger guys <clears throat> have tried to come into the game, and a lot of them has failed. Uh, so uh, it just shows that the market isn't always exact or planable as you think. You know, daily things are changing. Um, so you really got to be uh, engulf yourself in the industry uh, to really be a player these days. So last we spoke before you know we did this interview, one of the things that actually really excited me to do this interview is the fact that you were telling me the CBD company is doing extremely well, and that's interesting, right? You have a you have a company that's in a great area that's doing very very well in an industry similar to cannabis in which you, but you can't advertise, right? You can't go through traditional uh, Facebook or Google or Instagram, none of that, right? So Tell us, how do, you get an, how do you get the company to you know, grow up and be a mature company, profitable in a, in a situation like that? Well, right now we're in a ton of retail stores all over the Midwest and we're getting ready to launch California. Um, but a, a, a good core of that stuff is online, uh, which we really started, uh, really started developing about six months ago and really started putting a little bit more interest in that. Uh, so right now, you know, if you Google CBD seltzer water, we're the number one brand that comes up. Uh, if you Google uh, some of our other SKUs that we work hard to get on page, you know, page one of Google, uh, we're number 12 for CBD, CBD salve, hemp salve. Uh, so um, SEO is one of the things that we've been, uh, that we've been working hard on uh, that will drive organic traffic, you know, being number one on Google when somebody Googles that, that uh, product vertical. Okay, so you saw... We can't do the traditional ads. Facebook doesn't want it. Instagram doesn't want it. Google doesn't want it. So what can we do is the organic, right? So uh, you have the SEO on the Google end of things. Are you guys uh, doing any efforts in Facebook or Instagram to go grow those pages itself? Or is it more so SEO and Google focused? Yeah, yeah, we work hard on growing those and how we do through that is through education. You know, that's gonna be one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things we think. And when it's education-based, uh, the algorithms in Google or whatever you're on seem to push that a little bit higher. People seem to share it a little bit more when you know, you're actually teaching people things. Uh, so that's been one of the, the avenues that's worked really well for us, you know? Um, I don't know if that's like a secret to success or anything, but um, anytime you're educating and sort of tugging at the heartstrings, it compels people to action a lot more. That's awesome. That really gives us like a crystal clear idea of what's going on. You know, you have the SEO, you have the PR, and you have, uh, you know, kind of all the other unique components that make a brand, 
right? But what is a unique challenge that somebody might face starting their own brand? What is something that most people are unprepared for going in? Yeah, one of the things that's highly underestimated with starting a brand is, is sales. Obviously, you guys know it. You guys are sort of a sales-based brand and you sort of only uh, eat what you kill. You know, so I think that when people think they can go on fiber, make a logo, you know, put some fucking oil and some vapes, slap a logo on it, that sales just sort of happen and people open the doors for you because a couple people said, you know, it looks cool or it tastes amazing. You know, like it's going to be a constant sale forever. And obviously you guys know at WebJoint, you know, you only, you only eat what you kill. So over and over, it's just sales and beating the streets and, and really having somebody that can really drive traffic to your brand. Awesome, man. Well, that pretty much wraps it up, dude. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, why don't you just go ahead, you know, plug what you got to plug. Camera right there. Tell the people what you want to say. Hey, guys, if you want to try some of our products, go to queencityhemp.com, freedomjerky.com, or brothersmark.com and check out some of our stuff. Perfect, dude. Thank you so much. That concludes another episode of Connecting Cannabis. Thank you guys for watching. And until next time, we'll see you later.